Welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and this is your oasis for strengthening your mental and emotional fitness, no matter what life tosses your way. I am so excited you're here. Just like you, I wear many hats. I'm a former dentist turned author and serial entrepreneur, currently a mom of two, and a recovering perfectionist. Every week, we'll navigate brave conversations to support your evolution at every season and stage of your life. Raw and unfiltered, we'll explore all the feels as we unpack life's unpredictable moments, from the playful to the painful, the magical and the messy, and everything in between this epic human experience. You ready? Let's dive in. Hello there, Brave Table fam. Welcome to another episode of The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Nitha. And if you are new, welcome to your destination, your oasis, to be just a little bit more brave in your actions and in your conversations and in your relationships. And today we are diving into some pain, pain to find your purpose, to spark healing, and maybe to instill some inner peace with my dear buddy, Charles Clay. Now, so often we mask pain and discomfort, whether physical or emotional, with the Band-Aid solution. But honestly, the truth is pain is our body's check engine light, signaling that something is funky. So what if you dug a little deeper into your pain? What could it reveal about what you need to heal within yourself in order to live the aligned life that you desire? My guest today... Charles Clay used his very painful life experience as catalysts for his most significant life awakenings. So you definitely don't want to miss this one because we get into what pain in your body is trying to tell you, how to resolve generational trauma and maybe even reparent yourself, how to cultivate inner peace by releasing trapped emotions. This is a big one because you know I love talking about this. Alchemizing your pain into healing, finding the gold in grief, and so, so much more. So without further ado, let's bring on Charles Clay this week to the brave table. Just wanted to pop in here for a quick message before we start. So as you know, my new book, That Sucked, Now What? How to Embrace the Joy and Chaos and Find Magic in the Mess is finally launching in early 2023, but we are getting the party started now. And I have some free juicy bonuses that I'm so thrilled to share with you when you pre-order your copies of thatsucknowwhat.com at thatsucknowwhat.com. And so we have my 12-month self-care calendar because let's face it, I know you're busy and I know self-care is sometimes the bottom of our list and I want to make it so easy to make self-nourishment happen for you on a weekly and monthly basis so you don't end up burnt out or ragged. So I put together the most incredible juicy collection of my tried and true practices, rituals, and even, you know, I love any chais. So I've gathered the most incredible chais from around the world, from rose hip chai to saffron chai to nourish, rejuvenate, and prioritize your well-being on a monthly basis and create daily and weekly self-care routines that are just focused on you, all conveniently laid out in a beautiful designed calendar. Then 
then there's my five day practice, my healing practice to help you fly forward in every area of your life. Now this is jam packed with jumpstarting your healing with meditations and visualization exercises for five days that will completely transform your life, heal and strengthen your closest relationships, your love and manifest your abundance, amplify your courage and help you expand out of your comfort zone so that you can thrive and fly forward. And I can't forget to mention the digital workbook. That's right. The That Suck Now What digital workbook, all stunning and beautifully designed 40 page workbook to help you go deeper along with questions, prompts, and exercises to help you unleash your most resilient self. So get these. And these are just three of the five total bonuses that you will receive when you order a copy of this book for your for your friend and for your loved one. I mean, get it for your two besties. And I have to tell you that these bonuses will be gone when the book comes out. So you can only get these freebies when you order your copies now at thatsuckednowwhat.com. And remember the holidays are coming up. So don't forget to grab a copy, not for yourself, but for those special ones in your life. When you buy three, you get all five of these bonuses. Now back to the show. Charles, welcome to the Brave Table. Yes, glad to be here. I know. Mm-hmm. How's it going, love? Now you are a new, fresh dad mm-hmm. of two. Yes, two girls. They are amazing. Our three-month-old and two-and-a-half-year-old, we just flew back from Hawaii, oh. and it was quite a trip because we got diverted because of storms and we should have got in at 9 p.m., and we got diverted to Houston instead of Austin and got to a hotel at 3.30 a.m. <laughs> and, and I must say, my girls were amazing. Like, oh, we made the best of it. They were, like, our little three-month-old, Everly, she didn't even cry the whole time. It was like a 10-hour flight. She didn't cry Not for once. 10 hours. It's amazing. Wow. And, and Sophia made friends with probably 10 people around us on the flight. Oh, she was a little God. chatty Kathy, so... <laughs> It was, uh, you know, we at made, two and a half. Yeah. Wow, that's Pretty amazing. Epic. Yeah, they're great travel companions. Luckily, <sighs> that's and amazing. And they sleep good too. So <sighs> I get to squash that whole like, you know, that whole story around. Oh, you're having babies. Not sleeping at all, huh? It's like, no, you sleep pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean. Congrats, because Thanks. that was definitely not my experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, Still not my right. experience. It is possible. Yeah. Wow, that's that's awesome. That's mm-hmm. amazing. How has going from, you know, now you're kind of considered girl dad now mm-hmm. and the only man in the mm-hmm. house. Yeah. So did you have sisters growing up around you, a lot of females growing up around you? Or how was that experience? And then now, you know, ushering this new path of going from one to to two yeah, girls. Yeah. You know, a lot of brothers. I have my oldest brother. My dad's been married three times oh, and wow. divorced three times. So we had kids with each one. And in second marriage, we had Callie, my sister. And uh, she's living in Cali now. Finally followed her calling. Amazing. <laughs> and, and, um, to her namesake. So, yeah. So she was a huge blessing for like all the guys in our family, you know, mm. kind of like super open-hearted and it's mostly the guys growing Mm. up you know and so it's been um interesting getting to hold it down for all the girls at the house it's me and winston my little uh you know tibetan dog that's holding it down we're the guys at the house and then oh my gosh well how was (laughs) that then 
to grow up with a bunch of guys and brothers to now then. I know. love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love my girls. I'm super blessed. You know, when we had Everly found out it was another girl, we were kind of like, oh, so we're going to have another one. And I felt like you know, we were kind of feeling a boy spirit too, but totally happy with you know whatever's meant to be. So that was kind of a hint of an intuitive hit that there might be another one Ooh. eventually. We'll see. Okay. We're happy with six right now with the two dogs. You oh, know, you have two dogs? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And so I want to kind of go back in your journey for our listeners Mm -hmm. and to where and how you got your, you know, spiritual calling Mm -hmm. and what were some of those awakenings for you that kind of shifted your reality or your perspective? Take us through that journey. Yeah. My background, I've always been fascinated with the greatest technology on the planet. And it's not these computers, it's not smartphones, it's this technology, our human bodies. And so that led me on a path to my degree in kinesiology from Washington State. And then became a trainer, moved to California, lived in San Diego, living the beach life. And I can see you being, yeah, yeah, beach life. Totally. Did you surf? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's totally you. So that was a really fun chapter. And got to build my own business as a trainer, health coach. And that evolved, especially after a huge awakening in 2008 up in Mammoth Mountain. Mm -hmm. I was up there with two of my buddies and it was a full-on blizzard. Oh, wow. Like there's a theme of storms here. (laughs) And uh, it was like you couldn't even see barely a blur of a tree like 10 feet in front of you. There was snow coming every which way. Wow. It was like a white abyss up there. And it was so dangerous that they shut down the lifts. No. But we're already at the top. So we look at each other. We're like, hey, let's just they charge. shut yeah. down the lifts? So we were the only ones in sight. And- for, for those listening that have never skied before, this is a big deal because that means you're stuck on top of a mountain. And the only thing that you can do is go, go down. down the mountain. Yeah. Totally. Okay. And so we kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, let's ride it out. You know, stay low, be ready for anything. And so we're actually having a blast. It was like snowboarding through clouds, you know, and having a a really fun time until about halfway down, I went off a jump that I didn't know was there. Oh, my gosh. And it felt like I just went off a cliff. I had no idea where the landing was. It was just a white abyss. So I tensed up smashed my back. It felt like a lightning bolt just hit me in the back and right in the low back. And and it was the most excruciating pain I'd experienced to date. And I remember yelling to my friends, hoping that they could hear me. They were already ahead of me, couldn't hear me. And Mm -hmm. I look at my phone and it's dead. And here I am on the middle of this mountain in a full-on blizzard. Oh my God. Can barely move. And I'm in like a level 11 on a 10 scale of pain. And so it's in those moments that you really just find another gear and just channeled my inner Spartan warrior just to click my board off and sit on it so that I could glide down as far as I could and then like keel over and breathe into the pain for a while and had to keep doing that until I finally made it down the mountain. So you're just scooting down the mountain at this point? Like sliding on my butt because that was the only way I couldn't stand up. Right. So I had to sit on the board and slide down as far as I could. And eventually 
made it down the mountain. And then I had to go see doctors and I didn't like what they were telling me. Um, they had x-rays and MRIs showing me how jacked up my spine was. And they, mm. multiple sources told me that I would need surgery or I'd never move the same again. Oh, no. And so for someone that appreciates the human body this much, and that was the worst news I could have gotten. And yeah. luckily, even in a fight or flight state, I was able to access my intuition and just choose a different path. Um, and were you also working in the spiritual realm at that point? Yeah, I was in like Encinitas, which okay. is, you know, self-realization oh, yes. center, Paramahansa Yogananda. SRF. And so very cool. I ended up living right there on the cliff on 3rd and I Street. Oh, that's beautiful. So it was a really cool chapter for a couple of years living on the ocean. That was a, a dream come true. And two blocks from the meditation garden. So, mm -hmm. so I'd had a... Um, spiritual path that I was on. And this really cracked me open to taking a look at some of the things that I didn't want to look at previously. Mm -hmm. And so choosing a natural path of healing meant I was sitting, you know, I could barely crawl to the bathroom. I was in my apartment at the time oh. and could barely crawl. I was in so much pain. But I remember finally allowing myself to feel some of the emotions that I had been, you know, covering up or stuffing or yeah, avoiding. Yeah, which were what? Well, in that moment, it was like shame because I couldn't even stand up straight, let alone get to work or do anything productive. Wow. So you needed to have, ask for help. Mm -hmm. Fear whether mm -hmm. I would ever move the same again, mm -hmm. right? And even some grief from uh, loss earlier on in life that I hadn't fully processed and so allowed myself to feel all that. And mm. the tears dropped and I gained like immense clarity after that and just mm. set an intention while I did a meditation for receiving answers to healing naturally. Wow. And so you knew that you weren't going to go through the right. surgery. I knew that was definitely a last resort. I was like very adverse to that. I didn't, didn't want to go under the knife. I just knew there was another path. So I set that intention, dropped into meditation, and literally a friend I hadn't talked to in over two years sent me a text while I was in meditation and said, hey, I heard your back's in bad shape. Check out neurokinetic therapy, NKT, the work of David Weinstock. So this took me down an amazing rabbit hole of discovering the genius NKT. It's a way of getting answers from the body through muscle testing. Oh. And so I was studying this. And I was like, wow, this is my path. I need to get in touch. And I got a hold of David Weinstock and he put me in touch with his top student in San Diego at the time. Yeah. Went and saw Christina. You know, I walked in looking like Shakira stuck in a mid-hip dance move. <laughs> yeah, I was a wreck. Like my, oh my hips are over to the left, my upper body's to the right. It was embarrassing. Oh, and, no. and you knew it because as a kinesiologist. Right. Oh, man. So I had some, some compensation patterns going on, some imbalances. And, of course, the body's so intelligent. It was a representation of how out of alignment I was with my purpose at that time. Wow. Because I was, you know, training 10 clients a day you know, running on coffee, running my health business, but then going out on the weekends and, you know, just staying out late, partying, overindulging um, to not feel the heavy emotions. And so mm. that really cracked me open 
to a new path. And I remember getting on the table and Christina was testing muscle groups. She would just like have me push down with my foot to test the glutes and nothing was firing. Mm. I was like, what do you mean my glutes aren't firing? I have huge glutes. And she's like, yep, all form, no function. And let's figure out why. And so she had me clench my jaw and retested the glutes. And all of a sudden they were back online. Mm. And I was like, interesting. So my body had showed us that the neurological traffic jam was in the jaw from the impact. We also tend to hold anger, resentment, revenge can be a neurological traffic jam. So the signal can't get to the big guns the glutes that help stabilize the spine. So once we figured that out, she's putting rubber gloves on. And I'm like, what are you doing? She goes, I know we just met, but I'm going to have to go in your mouth. <laughs> I oh said, my what? Gosh. And she starts releasing my jaw. Oh. And it was so painful. But minutes later, I could just feel like the energy and neural pathways reconnecting. And no way, just from releasing your jaw. Yeah. Like inside your mouth. <laughs> right. As a former dentist, I'm like super fascinated right now. Oh, it's amazing what I discovered because she released the jaw and then my glutes were firing again. So those come back online because the signal could get from my brain to those muscles now instead of getting blocked at my jaw. And we did that for a couple other compensation patterns we found. And I got off the table and was standing up straight. And I was like, I'm 90% better. Just from your release in your jaw. Mm-hmm. Oh I gave God. her a huge hug and said, I'm going to see you every week. I want to learn this. I'm taking all of David Weinstock's courses. And I did. Became certified as a neurokinetic therapist and um, got to help other people understand their pain and, and how to heal naturally and provide alternatives to surgery. And so it was a huge game changer in my life. Wow. Okay. I want to stop you there because mm-hmm. there's, there's so many wows in... What was that moment where you were then able to feel, you know, that you knew that, okay, your glutes were firing and that this was this pain that was stuck in your jaw? Yeah, it helped connect the dots for me as to how everything's all interconnected. And so neurological blocks or traffic jams, um, you know, now that I've done this work, a common denominator that I see a lot, especially with entrepreneurs and doers, is right side, tight side, jaw, masculine, and will often be overfiring for the intrinsic core muscles. So this is transverse abdominus. These muscles should be firing milliseconds before we do any moves to help stabilize your spine. And so if those aren't online, all it takes is picking up a pencil and they can throw out their back, right? So they come see me with low back pain And we dive into the deeper layers and do some muscle testing. And 80% of the time, this is the case. So it's really fascinating. And what's cool is that I test for that. Once we discover if that's the case, then I show them how to release their jaw. And we turn those intrinsic core muscles back on with a bulletproof core technique that I teach. And they instantly become stronger and more stable and feel like a new person getting off the table. So it's had tremendous results. Okay. Mm. Well, I'm going to ask you the other question. What happens if your left side of your jaw is tight? Yeah. So left side represents the feminine side. So this is more Eastern philosophy, but it's all helping give us information. Where things show up in the body is all clues as to the messages that the body's trying to share with us. And so Mm. that whole experience helped me come to terms with pain 
and improve my relationship with that, recognizing that pain is a check engine light, just like our cars. And most people are pretty diligent when they get in the, their car has a check engine light up, oh, I better get a change and okay. you know get it serviced to avoid a major breakdown. But when it comes to our bodies, how come we're not that diligent? Because a lot of times we've been trained to take a pill, numb it out with alcohol or whatever, you know, vices to um, deal with the pain instead of going to the source of it. And so I see pain as pay attention inward now. Mm. Mm. And it's been a game changer because that cracked me open. And then looking back, seeing how this helped me discover these gifts, mm. it was such a blessing that that uh, happened on that mountain that day. Wow. Mm. So when you're talking about pay attention inward now, mm -hmm. okay, pain as an acronym, mm -hmm. then how, because it seems like you're, you know, this is like the spiritual awakening that really cracked yep. you open. Big time. And, you know, kudos to Christina for that. <laughs> yeah. And really beginning your NKT journey. Yeah. And so take us on, you know, this next chapter of mm -hmm. your life where you are now helping others heal. How did that look? And I guess the question for everyone in the room is, did you ever go back to those doctors and say, hey, I, I, I don't need a... <laughs> yeah, I'm I did. fully healed. I was so happy that I chose that path and followed my intuition that I didn't feel like I had anything to prove with them. I'm sure they do a great job at what they do, but um, I just knew there was another way. And so that helped me improve my relationship with my intuition. And so that led me on to my practice of NKT and, and helping others and really elevated my career at that point because not a lot of people knew about this yet, you know, and, yeah. and it's such a game changer. And I will say that I started seeing a lot of the same common denominators. Mm -hmm. People get amazing results right off the bat. You turn muscles on that were offline, compensation patterns, you correct those. So a lot of physiological shifts that would allow people to feel amazing leaving the office. And yet if these things would repeat, if they like the same injury might occur months or years later, then there's deeper layers to examine, mm. right? So I started seeing a lot of same common denominators in that there were some unaddressed aspects to pain, right? So there's the physiological aspect, which NKT is the best way I've found to address that, get answers from the body through muscle testing. But there's also the emotional component. Yeah, and, let's dive into that mm -hmm. because I'm so curious about, you know, as I was not trained as a former dentist to mm -hmm. think that somebody clenching their jaw is right. going to say, oh, okay, they're holding in anger and resentment right. and, you know, some of these other really big emotions. Right. Uh, you probably, maybe from a theoretical aspect, but not like actually. So yeah, let's, right. let's dive into that. Emotions, energy in motion. And so that which we resist, because we're taught that it's not okay to express anger or you don't want to be seen as weak and show grief, right? So these are emotions that oftentimes get uh, we avoid or we resist, and that's how it becomes stuck as issues in our tissues, essentially. Issues in our tissues. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Issues in our um, tissues. Okay, continue. And, and so that can create neurological traffic jams. And I had to learn this the hard way, you know, years and years of 
working out, training, being super fit, but I still had all kinds of aches, tightness, pains, and reoccurring injuries in my neck at that time. And I tried all the scientific ways mm -hmm. to resolve it. You know, this is before I knew much about NKT and stuff. And then yeah. discovering NKT and then realizing it's usually the last place we look. And for me, in my case, it was the emotions that I hadn't fully felt yet. Mm. And so it's like when we're resisting feeling something, then it's persisting. And mm -hmm. when we're feeling, then we're healing. And so mm. I had to go into these heavy emotions and explore them. And in doing that, it was another awakening for me. It was like, I literally, earlier on in my life, I was very stoic and decided that, you know, I didn't like being a loose cannon when I'm triggered, that I'm just going to control my emotions. And that's why I got so tight and balled up and all these reoccurring injuries was because I wasn't letting that energy flow and move through me until... You were just holding it all in. Right. And to go back, you know, that all began when my mom took her own life when I was 10. Oh, wow. And so oh, the woman so I loved the most, you know, mm. felt like the abandonment wound started when I was four when mm. she left, you know, they got divorced. And um, I remember that vividly and, you know, losing, losing the love of your life. Yeah, at four, trying to understand what to make of these emotions is a, a bit much. And so that created the, uh, you know, generational abandonment wound that had been passed down for so long. And so that showed up in my relationships oh. later on. Fell in love with my college sweetheart. I had an amazing relationship, but a year later, circumstances, she ended up leaving. And then fast forward, even my next girlfriend after that fell in love with, super passionate. Uh, she ends up leaving me. And so this mm. kept reoccurring. So that's what you're talking about, this pattern. Taking that were... me back to this story that I created mm. when I was four, that oh. I'm not worthy of keeping the woman I love around, mm. right? And so mm. then I got to take a big look, recognizing these patterns. I think a lot of people can agree once you have a level of awareness, that's one step but then really doing the inner work is what comes next. And so this helped me develop an inner peace process to ways of going to the source of where that pain was coming from mm -hmm. and bringing love, support, and safety to those areas within myself. And that meant reparenting my four-year-old and getting to rewrite that story and taking ownership of my actions that actually you know, were immature and pushing my girlfriends away. Oh, and wow. recreating that experience of love and loss mm -hmm. because that was the story that I created and the decision I made about myself at that young age. So through this process, I get to rewrite that story, get to feel through the grief, the loss, all those emotions, the anger. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, there's just liberation and freedom on the other side of this work oh, that allowed me to have so much more clarity moving forward. And that was necessary mm -hmm. before I was able to call in my queen, oh, Brandilyn. Amazing. Mm. So I want to stop mm. you there because there's so much juice in what you just shared. Mm. And I think that, you know, for everyone kind of listening, well, first, I mean, I just want to commend you because, wow, I mean, your mom leaving when you were four and then losing her when you were 
10 years old. I mean, yeah. I, I, I know I can only imagine like how that was. And did you then, because you made a meaning of that at four years old, mm-hmm. what was the meaning then at 10 years old when she took her life? So I remember sitting next to my brother at my mom's funeral mm-hmm. and trying with all my might to not cry at my own mom's funeral because I had hung out with older kids, took on this belief that it, that crying is a sign of weakness, that guys shouldn't do that, and all this stuff, that that was grief that I took years to process later down the road. And those mm. tears finally got to fall when I got some news from my father. Fast forward, my hero, you know, 6'5", mm. Larry's just such a legend, and he called me and I could tell by his voice Mm -hmm. that something was wrong. And he said, I just left the doctor's office and they told me that I have stage four lung cancer and they give me four months to live. And I paused and I said, dad, do you want to live? Do you want to beat this? And he said, yeah, you're, you're damn right. I do. And I said, good. Then don't listen to a word those doctors said. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get you on everything that's already been proven to cure cancer. We the Gerson Institute, they're doing amazing things. We got them on juicing. We got them an infrared sauna at home, detoxing. I taught them how to do coffee enemas, this whole protocol, right? All healing journey. Holistic. Wow. He became a biohacker and got really into this and was changing, you know, he quit smoking and making all these shifts in his life. And literally there was a time when we got news that he just left the doctor's office and was cancer-free. Stop. Yeah. And so... He was stage four <clears throat> cancer. Yep. Oh my gosh, I'm getting chills. It was such a journey because then we celebrated and it was like recognizing that his time was coming soon mm. allowed me to like fully appreciate the time I spent with him and get to share everything that was on my heart mm-hmm. about how much he meant to me uh, his, just the impact he's had on me and how much I love him. And, you know, there was a time when we weren't even able to hug or say, I love yous Mm. and stuff. And so thank God for my sister coming in that like opened our hearts and allowed us to come to that space. And I'll never forget because after we celebrated, he started kind of going back into his old ways, picked up smoking again. And so, I would get the call, you know, hey, dad's in the hospital, you know, and I'd fly back to Washington from San Diego. And I would set an intention before I go in the hospital because these are low vibration frequency places. And instead of going in there and succumbing to the like zombie energy in there, I was like Patch Adams. Mm. I roll in there and I'm cracking jokes. I'm like, all right, doc. What do we need to do to get him signed off and out of here? You know, mm-hmm. you want me to run him around a couple laps, three <laughs> laps? Will that do it? And he's like, yeah, if you do this, that, and the other thing, we can get him out of here. And cool. So here I am like coaching my dad on a walker mm-hmm. to do three laps around the hospital floor. And that was, got him out of there, took him to the park, got him in some sun, vitamin D, earthing, and all the good things. And I just remember like every little smirk. Every smile, every laugh that we shared was gold. It was just like a full, deeper level of presence that I had because I knew our time was limited. And So you intuitively felt this? Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. And so I got to really anchor in those vivid memories Mm. with him in HD by being Mm. present for all that. And so then I got another call from my brother about a year later and I could tell it was pretty bad this time. And he was home on hospice. So I flew right home to Washington and was rolling up my sleeves again, you know, ready to help him. And I walked in and I saw him and his body was so frail. He was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. And I just knew like, wow, I'm not here to save him this time. Mm -hmm. And I knew it was time. So I just sat with him and I remember getting to put my hand on his shoulder as our friend played the song on the guitar. He played, um, let it flow. It was a song he wrote. And it was like the first time that I'd really allowed myself to just ugly cry Mm -hmm. in front of other people. And I found gold Mm -hmm. in the depths of that grief. Mm -hmm. These are tears that I didn't get to cry from my mom that I wasn't able to access yet. And in that moment, um, Mm -hmm. just let it all go and found these new discoveries about myself and like how beautiful actually grief can be, you know, and, and to allow my dad to witness tears, you know, liquid emotion of how much he means to me Mm. in that moment. And ironically, as we know in Chinese medicine, lungs, smoking are associated with grief. And so this is grief that he wasn't able to feel. And so it wasn't long after that that uh you know i'm holding his hand and i knew it was close to time and he was just holding on for us by a thread you know but i could tell he was still there and i Mm -hmm. said dad we love you so much we'll always be with you Mm -hmm. and where you're going is so peaceful it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. there's no need to fight anymore and he literally took his last breath after those words Wow. What a gift. What a gift. And that you were able to be there in transition. Right. right. And like shepherd him into. Yeah, truly being that close to death just allowed for a new lease on life. Really. Mm -hmm. Like. What was that for you? That meant realizing the temporariness Mm -hmm. of this human experience in these bodies and in that not holding back anything. Mm. Like I literally gave myself permission instead of always trying to feel better, just allow myself to feel more. Mm -hmm. And the irony of that was um, by allowing myself to feel more, I expanded my capacity for the emotional spectrum and going to the depths of grief, of sorrow allowed me to reach new levels of joy and bliss. And isn't that so fascinating when you actually can access those things because you've allowed yourself to go super deep in the, you know, trenches of the pain and the awful circumstances. Right. And so what a great way to know thyself by courageously going into the depths of these heavy emotions to discover more about myself and this experience. And, and, um, that gave me this new lease on life of, you know, just choosing to live in vacation vibration, 
you know? (laughs) (laughs) That is the energy I get from you, for sure. For sure. Um, Well, and I I do want to commend you and and just honor you because of, you know, your vulnerability and you're just the way you convey with such peace and love and, you know, coming from somebody who also has gone through a lot of loss. My dad also died of stage four lung cancer. And I, I mean, you, the way you shared and and everything and the grief as well. I didn't know as much because I was, I think I was 18 when he was diagnosed. Mm. And so I was much younger, but it it definitely changed my trajectory into yeah. well-being and wellness. And but for you to actually know some of these things and want to spearhead mm. the wellness and the well-being, but then coming to a point of just accepting. Yeah. And relishing in that time and that relationship. Because for us, we had lost my mom and my brother a few years before my dad. Mm. So I can only imagine now looking back, now knowing a little bit about Chinese medicine and like where Mm. we store our grief and our anger and unresolved emotions for him, like, wow, he just didn't get a chance to fully grieve the loss of his wife and his, his son. So... And what I wanted to share about that is because we've gone through such depths of despair and sorrow, we can enjoy and Mm -hmm. be super blissful and joyous because we know what the opposite really feels like and looks like. And that's what I get from you. That's the beauty of living in contrast in this realm. You know, you get to experience the dark and the light and the deeper we go in that, expands our, you know, whole entire human experience. And so I think we're here for it all. And um, yeah, we have so much in common. What a trip. I remember just looking back at that phone call, doctors giving him four months to live. Had he believed that, that might have been his demise, right? And so turning that four months into two years was just gold to get to experience, you know, and get to share with him everything on my heart while he was still here in human form was, um, you know, and being that close to him all the way to the end was, so as you know, it's, it's like, you know, the spearhead of life and death, they're so one in the same, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, for you even, probably when he transitioned, Mm -hmm. you were also rebirthed and reborn. And what I wanted to say, you know, in that the full expansion of going into the bliss and the joy Mm -hmm. and the love, and it almost seemed like you were also grieving his demise, his loss during that extra two years. And I know that, you know, when anybody is going through that long-term you know, somebody is actually dying of something or that right. long-term, you know, versus sudden loss. Cause yep. I've also experienced sudden loss with my brother. It's a very different way because it sounds, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like you're grieving every day as right. they are like the uncertainty yeah. of, are they going to live? Are they going to go? Right. And so I think you just share that so beautifully. And now how do you help others in mm-hmm. that? Cause I know it's informed a lot of your work. Right. And before we get into our igniting round, I want to kind of, you know, how does that partake into how you facilitate and you help others yeah. reconcile their emotions? 
Yeah, I mean, I get to carry the torch of my father. I mean, he was a builder. He built beautiful houses for people that still get to live in and experience. And he built amazing connections. And that's been my journey is connecting with people to help them connect more with themselves and to know thyself. And so through all these trials and tribulations, recognizing that if you look back at all the challenges they revealed deeper parts of yourself and lessons and blessings and golden nuggets and self-discovery that we wouldn't have experienced if it weren't for those challenges. So it allows for growth. And so I've developed a plethora of really powerful tools for the self-healing journey. And this is from physical pain to generational wounds like the abandonment wound, father wound, mother wound. And so I get to support a lot of people through that all across the world. And um, it's such a beautiful gift to get to share this inner peace process and this medicine because it empowers them to now have a tool in, Mm -hmm. in their belt of when you get triggered, uncomfortable feelings come up, you can either choose the mind's Band-Aids, go stuff it in the fridge or go drink a cocktail to numb it out or go on Netflix to, or a scroll hole on Instagram to try to, you know, get some dopamine, but that will just keep it perpetuating. It'll Mm -hmm. keep getting triggered. Or you can take this step-by-step process and go to the source of it, go through a reparenting process to supply the love, support, and safety to the parts of you that need it most and rewrite the story in a way that you can embody a deeper truth. And in that process, you also get to allow yourself to feel the emotions that have been trapped. And it is so liberating on the other end of that, like witnessing your body finally metabolize energy that's been stuck since, you know, however long since our childhood is allows for a great deal of clarity. And then we take that clarity and create their North star. Mm -hmm. I call it visioneering um, the, the future while in the present. And that is a game changer because it's releasing, freeing up energy. And then when you have a clear focus on where you want to share that, then they get to share a lot of their God-given gifts, talents, Mm. and passions, which then make a huge impact on other people and creates a giant ripple effect. Mm. So it's been such an honor to get to do this work. Oh, Mm. I mean, and and how full circle Mm -hmm. that you've been able to, you know, alchemize a lot of, you know, the adversities and the challenges mm-hmm. into now spearheading it for other people because yeah. I think the emotional release work and really emotional health, like that is one of the untapped levels of ourselves and healing that a lot of times is so needed. So I yeah. just want to just honor you in that. Appreciate and, that reflection. Yeah. And as we, you know, kind of get into our igniting round, mm-hmm. what does it mean to be brave? To be brave and courageous means dancing with fear to see what is on the other side. And it can be a dance. There's always lessons and blessings and golden nuggets to discover new experiences on the other side of fear. And so when you engage in that dance, then you engage in bravery. Mm. The dance. Mm -hmm. I love that. And one word that describes the season of life. Mm, rich. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. Oh, amazing. Where can we learn more about your practices, your trainings? Because I know you have a lot of these trainings Mm -hmm. and you have them, you know, quite a few times a year. How do we get to hang with you and and learn more? Yeah, I'm happy to connect. CharlesClay.coach is an easy way to find all the resources. And there's even a free gift for everybody there. If you subscribe at the bottom, then you'll get um, an auto email with a guided alignment activation. Now, this is the same practice I've been using for decades, condensed into 22 minutes to reclaim full sovereign chi. And oh, I love that. It, if it feels good, you know it's working and it just feels good, this practice. So then you can channel that energy into sharing more of their gifts focus. And um, so it's a fun, free gift um, for everyone to experience some of that medicine. And then for those that are on Instagram, charlesclay.coach, it's the same and um, happy to connect. If any of this resonates, just reach out and shoot me a DM. Happy to support you on your journey. And uh, yeah, we have uh, another inner peace process live group training coming up here in November and just such a blessing to get to work with uh, incredible souls all around the world and uh, mm. on this journey together. Charles, mm. amazing. Thank you for bringing your mm. bravery and just an inspiring story and so great to sit with you with Likewise. your knowledge and your wisdom. Mm. Mm-hmm. Until next time on The Brave Table. Welcome back to the other side, love. If you love this episode, you definitely want to check out Charles's free gift for The Brave Table audience. Go ahead and grab it here at charlesclay.coach forward slash offerings. And you can find Charles on Instagram at charlesclay.coach. That's C-H-A-R-L-E-S-C-L-A-Y dot coach. And if you are wanting more juiciness, episode 85, The Real Meaning of Self-Care and How to Maintain Health for the Long Run with Gabrielle Lyon. Episode 60, Becoming a Father, Sacred Sons, and How to Make Peace with Your Past with Aubert Bastiat. And episode 65, Transforming Loss, Cancer, and Big Trauma for Fueling for Kindness with Mike Kim. Wow, Brave Table fam, thank you so much for tuning in and tuning in every week and making this your destination. I'm so, so excited and so thankful for all of you as we get into the end of the year. And if you haven't already secured your copy of That Sucked Now What, you can go ahead and order it at thatsuckednowwhat.com and go ahead and grab your bonuses when you purchase one copy, three copies, get them for your friends, your family members. And if you wanted to add on some other juicy things like the branded journal or the conversation cards or affirmation cards, you can definitely get that at neethabushin.com forward slash shop, S-H-O-P. Thank you so, so much for tuning in and don't forget to be a little bit more brave. I will see you next time. Oh,